Let us turn to the chapter that we read. And we read there at verse 9, and he dreamed yet another dream and told his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made obeisance to me. This morning, friends, for our study and meditation, we are looking at family failures. <clears throat> family failures. This is a very common problem today, is family failure. And there's a need for us to address it and see what does the Lord say regarding families? And it seems that the Lord spoke to Joseph and gave him, by revelation, a picture of a godly family. But this was rejected this was rejected by joseph's family they didn't recognize that he was a chosen vessel to save that family they didn't see that he was a type of the glorious and coming savior of the world and the savior of families for if christ be in the family then there is hope of salvation for that family but if christ is shunned and removed then there is no hope for that family <clears throat> and so let us look at this case of family failure and how it was restored We can see, first of all, a home as a place of destiny. The fact that Joseph was given two dreams, which was the way in which the Lord, of course, often spoke to his people before they had the scriptures that we have. God revealed his will and his mind for his people by these dreams and uh, what was he saying to them well first of all he was making clear that the home is a place of destiny we cannot underestimate the value the importance the power the potential of the home this is being discredited in our time as i've said before the government seems to be intent to dismantle and destroy the order and sovereignty and benefits of the home as if they are of no account. This is a dreadful and destructive error. And so we must, as the Church of God, emphasize that the home is a place 
of destiny. First of all, friends, we see that this home, this godly home, despite being in many ways dysfunctional, was, first of all, a place of separation. We note here the father's separation. And Jacob dwelt, it says in verse 1, in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. He was here by God's appointment and in succession to his father, fathers Isaac and Abraham, and yet he was still an alien. He was still regarded and treated as a stranger. He was not accepted as one of these nations, these pagan <clears throat> nations that were around him. There was his father's separation. A godly home is a place of separation from the prevailing unbelief and ungodliness around us. It's a sanctuary. It's a place where children can come and get something separate. Even in my own day, I can remember how you would hear one thing in school, when you went along to school, maybe from the science teacher would say, oh, I remember him saying one day to me and addressing me in particular as a minister's son. And he said, you know, science tells us that matter can be neither created nor destroyed. And he looked at me as if I should give an answer, as if there was no creation. Of course, when I went home, I heard the opposite that all our world has come from the voice and the word spoken by the creator. Um, and so even those days, lies were being taught in the school classroom. His father's separation. So the home is a place which separates us from the ungodliness outside. Then there was the father's security. Jacob, the head of this home, had a special security that we also can claim as the godly fathers. It says in chapter 28, 3 and 4, that Jacob said to Joseph, And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee, that thou mayst be a multitude of people and give thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed after thee, that thou mayst inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. Here was God speaking to Jacob through his father Isaac and pronouncing and affirming that despite his alienation, despite his being a stranger, there was a security. He had the secure, avowed oath of God that he would prosper him and bless him and his family after him. That's the security that each godly home has. God has pronounced his blessing. On the fathers and on their children. 
And then there was this also, there was the father's sanctity, his separation, his security, his sanctity. Just in an earlier chapter again, chapter 35, and uh, verses 2 and 3, we read here, Then Jacob said to his household and to all that were with him, this is after he arrived back in Canaan, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. So, friends, there is the Father's sanctity. He was determined and persuaded by his God to command that his family put away idolatry. They do not become obsessed with distractions of these idols and of many distractions that are for us today, especially for young people. The music that they're encouraged to listen to and the images they view on their phones. And the fathers have to say to them, put away, put away the strange gods that are among you. Let's guard our children from these strange gods and be clean. Friends, let our minds be purified by dismissing and rejecting and despising the things of the world. Again, I remember as a boy in school that um, the other boys would be doing this and that and singing this and saying that. And by the grace of God, I was able to just stay apart and take no part in these, this idolatry to which they were falling into. His father's sanctity. Fathers, are you able to Tell your children to rule them with sanctity, separation, security of the covenant, sanctity of worship there at Bethel, where he had come to the very house of God with his family. The home, a place of destiny. The home, a place of revelation. We expect to hear the word of God preached and declared and explained in the church. But friends, it should also be there in the home. The home should be a place of revelation. And it's because Joseph was present. The time had come when despite Jacob's experience, despite his vows, despite his power with God, he had lapsed into a certain weakness as if his faith had faded. But by the grace of God, there was one planted in that home, someone special. And Jacob somehow realized this child is a chosen one. Like they said of Moses, he was, he was fair. He was pleasing to God. <clears throat> and this is why, no doubt, not just because he was the son of his old age, but also that he gave him some hope 
because of his godly aspect. Excuse me. So must we have our Joseph in the home, or may, may rather say our Christ in the home. It's a, it's a place of revelation. And do we have that morning and evening worship when the scriptures are opened so that God will reveal himself to the hearts and minds of our children? What did this what was this revelation consist of? <clears throat> it was a revelation beyond the natural. The other brothers were all occupied with merely with their cattle and with their wealth and with their uh, families and with the natural things. Here was a, a boy who had taken a grip of things beyond. He was seeing beyond what could what the eye could see. And during the night, in his dreams, he was given pictures and truths and values that were above the normal and the pagan values around them. The others had conformed to what others were doing, not Joseph. He could see beyond the natural, it says in verse 10. He told his father and his father and his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and brethren bow down ourselves? He was saying, This is not natural. This can't be true. This can't because it's not natural. It's not the place of the father and the mother to bow down. They didn't realize that. Joseph was somebody above and beyond being a son. He was called of God. He was a prophet. He was a revealer of the secrets, as even Pharaoh at length acknowledged. How much we need to listen. Even our children can sometimes reveal the truth to us. Let's listen to them at times. Let's listen to the voice from beyond nature the supernatural word of the scriptures in the form beyond the temporal. Joseph was speaking beyond time. He wasn't ruled or conditioned by the present situation. No, by the spirit of God, he was able to see beyond time into the future. And uh, his dream, of course, <clears throat> was fulfilled later on. And in chapter 42, it says to us how this <clears throat> resulted. It says, and Joseph was governor over all the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. And Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed of them. The dreams came true, and there was Joseph living in fulfillment of what God had revealed. Friends, let's have these kind of expectations for our families and for our children. Let's dream dreams for them based on Scripture. 
and on the salvation of our Joseph, our Jesus. This is the quality that our home life must have. And then his home was a place of revelation because it was beyond the acceptable. What Joseph was witnessing was unacceptable. And his brethren envied him. It produced envy. Yes, friends, when we follow this path, the path of revelation, then it's going to put us in contradiction and opposition to those outside who have a different set of values. But oh, what a privilege to be with Jesus, who would endure the contradiction of sinners against himself. That's the kind of homes we need. This home, friends, was a home, it was a place of elevation. It wasn't live, being lived at the ordinary, earthly, natural level. It was a place of elevation. Joseph likened his home to a solar system. He said, our home is like a, a sun with the moon lighting up the night and the 11 planets orbiting around. He said, this is the picture I've been given. This is my view of our family. Do you have that view of your family? Do you have that elevated view? Is you, are you the father? Are you shining? Are you giving light and warmth to your wife and to your children so that they can reflect that light before the world? Every father, says Joseph, is a son to give warmth and light, spiritual warmth and biblical scriptural light to the home. It's a heavenly calling. The moon. Well, Joseph's father said, Am I and your mother going to bow down to you? We know the story of, jo of Jacob, the imperfection. We know that he started off with two wives in the home, like two moons, and then it extended to four moons. What a confusion. Thankfully, we've only one moon in the heaven to direct us by months and seasons and tides and all affairs, and how much needful that is. And that one moon, that one wife is to reflect the true teaching and example that the father gives. She is to be impart and support the father like a moon that shines even when the father is not present into the darkness. And the children should be like planets circulating round always spreading the same light of the sun, the light of truth and knowledge and grace, a place of elevation, the planets, but the planets bow down. Yes, friends, because we must bow down before Joseph, our Joseph, our Christ. 
He is the one. There is no light or heat in the sun apart from what is given by Christ who made it in the first place. And there's no warmth and reflection of that light unless Christ reigns supreme and we mother and father and children bow down. Here is Joseph's, here is God's picture of the godly home, a place of elevation. But also then, sadly, it is a place of betrayal. This home of Jacob was a home of betrayal. Joseph's witness was not received. His witness, it seems, was without success. His sojourn in that home up till 17 years old. How sad. How separate, how alienated he was, even in his own family. We know how that was with the Lord Jesus in the home he was brought up in. How his brothers believed him not. Neither did these believe in the witness of Joseph. <clears throat> and when he sent, when he was sent out to find them, he couldn't find them because they weren't where they should have been. Friends, are you where you should be today? It's as if Christ is searching for you, but you're not turning his way, you're hiding. You're not obeying, you're not walking in the word. Of course, Jesus can overcome this. Joseph failed. He was without success in searching for his brothers. He obeyed his father's a commandment to find the brothers. Thankfully, we have a, a Joseph who has found us. Isn't that true? Have you heard that brother whom you formerly rejected, that Jesus whom you kept at bay? Have you received him? Joseph went without success. Also, he went without apprehension when he was called to do this. He, um, he went innocently and faithfully and um, yet he was. When he saw them coming afar off, even before he met them, they were plotting his death. How little he knew what they were doing. Again, unlike Joseph, Jesus knows every sin of ours, which is a betrayal. Yes, we may be long in the Christian path, yet we're still like Joseph's brothers. Oh, the betrayal that can creep in. Every sin, and we sin daily, is a betrayal of our brother. Friends, let us be ashamed. Let us repent. Joseph came without malice. He came without malice. He spoke these dreams, not with any intention of promoting himself, but he wanted to share what he had. 
Again, I remember as a child, as a young person, thinking, well, I'm a Christian, but I'm not telling. I'm not telling what I know. I have to. I came on that verse which says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Oh, friends, <clears throat> Joseph's message wasn't received and we as children or adults may speak in the face of rejection. If we go down to the ferry tonight and uh, witness to these Sabbath breakers, we will not, we will be despised, we will be rejected. But you know, friends, at the end, Joseph was vindicated. At the end, they had to acknowledge his truth and his grace and his godliness. And so, friends, we finish with this. The home, a place of pardon. This hope of Joseph's was so corrupted, so divided, so dysfunctional, that they rejected the very one who was bringing the truth of God before them. And then you can read following chapters of the terrible things that they did, these sons of Jacob. They were a grief to their father. But you know this, Joseph was busy. Joseph in Egypt did this. What did he do? He provided a new home. After all their failure and chastisements, they came down to Egypt. The dream was fulfilled. And Joseph said, come down, fetch my father. And mother and come, come down. I have a place prepared for you. Yes, father, fathers may strive to establish a good home and struggle and even fail and say, what's gone wrong? How can I not do this? Ah, we must let Christ make that home for us. We must marry in the Lord, and we must live in the Lord, and we must function in the Lord. For he will make a home. Christ will make a new home for us. Yes, at, at much cost to himself. Oh, what pain it cost Joseph. Oh, what suffering. Oh, what imprisonment. Danger and struggling with the devil and with evil men and women. But... When they came in their need, the home was ready for them. It was a new home. It was a new home because it was new because he not only made the home new, but he made these men, these brothers new. He went through a system of teaching and testing of each of these brothers until I believe every one of them came to faith, came to repentance. And were born again to fill this new home with peace and love and fellowship. What a new home this was. What a new home Christ 
will make for us and is preparing for us. What a wonderful Joseph we have. It's not only a new home, it's a known home. <clears throat> it was a home where the old secrets <clears throat> uh, and secret sins were pardoned. And so each brother came to know the truth about himself and found that God was offering him them grace, what they never deserved. They deserved to perish there in the famine. But the, by the grace of God through Joseph, there was plenty of corn in Egypt. Oh, what pardon there is for those who come to this known home. They learn. They learn of their own sins. They said to each other, now we are suffering for what we did to our brother. They came to a knowledge of themselves. And they came to a knowledge of the grace of God. It was a known home. <clears throat> I've also suggested lasting, it was a nursing home. We've all heard of nursing homes. And no doubt we'll end up there ourselves. But this Egypt was really a kind of nursing home. It was a place for Jacob in his old age. What a wonderful provision was made for him. And it was a nursing home for these brothers where they learned how to live godly lives and for their children. A place where they could say, our faith is in Joseph and in Joseph's God. We know he'll always be there for us as long as he lives. And it was also a place where Joseph taught them. He said, when I die, Carry my bones with you, for you're not staying here for good. You're going to that home prepared in Canaan, the home of promise, the home of fulfillment, the covenant home prepared by God. Friends, do we sometimes feel we're failing in providing a godly home? Take encouragement. And give Joseph full play and full voice and full hearing. Our Joseph, our Jesus, let him rule us and may we trust in him. Let's pray. Oh, gracious Lord, we have so many lessons to learn. We confess our failure as children, as mothers, as fathers, as grandparents and grandchildren. And yet, Lord, we thank thee for that Joseph, that Jesus, who lived without a home here and nowhere to lay his head that he might provide a home for us. Grant it, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen.